Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up podcast. I am your host, Jim Riley. I am excited to get into today's podcast because I have a good friend with me. This man covers a team that had the highest expectations but has delivered some of the lowest in in terms of actual results. We're going to get into that. I want to remind you that you can find this podcast wherever you get all of your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to turn on those auto downloads so you get all of the content as soon as it is uploaded to the show feed. Let's get into this thing. Borda Nazari from the Hogwatch on YouTube Puts out some incredible content. We got post games. We got you with your finger on the pulse of the Padres. So we had to get together and talk some Padres. We're going to talk about the Lucas Giolito trade because there's some implications there on the NL West and what could happen next. But we're going to spend some time talking about the Padres too. Borda, how are you doing? Jim, thanks for having me on, first off and foremost. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said I was doing amazing. My San Diego Padres are five under 500, and there's Mm -hmm. reports that they may add, even though they're closer to the worst record in the National League than the last wild card spot, but go figure. But in all seriousness, it's it's great to see you. Always happy to jump on and talk baseball. Well, again, thank you for being here. And let's start off with the big trade that went down late last night or early this morning, depending on what time zone you live in. And that was the Lucas Giolito trade to the Angels. The The Angels had had went out there a few hours earlier and said Otani's off the market. They put their money where the mouth their mouth is with the Giolito trade. How do you see that? Do you think that gets the Angels to the next level do they need to do more there's also a potential nl west impact we could talk about that at at part two of this portion of the discussion but initial thoughts on the giolito trade do you think it puts the angels over the top there they need to do more what do you what what are your thoughts on the giolito to the uh to the angels trade is it a good trade for the angels in the long term probably not is it a good is it a good trade for the angels in the short term absolutely i mean Mm -hmm. lucas giolito 
immediately comes in right to the Angels as their second best starter right behind Shohei Otani. Uh, yep. And it's crazy. You know, we can talk about what they had to give up to get so, but they also get a guy in Ronaldo Lopez who's a formidable arm you can put in your bullpen, which the Angels needed some help in that department too. Uh, does Lucas Giolito get you an extra win or two in this postseason push? Maybe. And could that be the difference of the Angels getting in versus not? Maybe. Mm-hmm. So if you, you're Art Moreno and you're doing whatever it takes, I know we're going to talk about re-signing Shohei Otani. Um, this move can help you get there. And if it means giving up two top honor prospects, so be it. You have yeah. Shohei Otani, which we've seen is just every single day we talk about him. He's doing something crazier and crazier and crazier. So I, I think this move is about Lucas Giolito, but it's also about Shohei Otani and making sure he's happy. A hundred percent. It is more important for the Angels to have Shohei Otani on their team for the next decade than it is for them to have the two prospects that they traded away. And if Lucas Giolito helps you get to the postseason, that gives you a better chance at re-signing Otani because if the Angels don't make the postseason, bye-bye. He's gone. There's a 0% chance he would stay with the Angels if they don't make the postseason. This has some ramifications in the NL West as well because Lucas Giolito had been a target for the Dodgers And that had been widely publicized. That had been out for days. They did not pull the trigger on the deal. The Angels swoop in. What do you think? How does this impact maybe what the Dodgers will do? Do they maybe accelerate the process with some of the other guys that are out there that they're maybe eyeing? Stroman, Montgomery, uh, Flaherty, any of those players? Do you see this maybe motivating a rival in your division, the Dodgers. The Dodgers, um, you would never know if there was internal panic with that organization. You would never, ever know. And that's what makes them, you know, one of the most consistent teams in all of baseball. The Dodgers breaking news are going to get a starter at the trade deadline. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of who, right? Mm -hmm. So who is it going to be? There's still a lot of options. We know Lance Lynn is a potential name going to be moved. There's so many other guys. I mean, Jack Flaherty, potential option is going to be moved. The the Dodgers just need another arm who can can just give them a shot. Their their offense Mm -hmm. has been so good all year long. They don't need a top-of-the-line Marcus Stroman, Blake Snell. They need a guy who's going to go six and four runs of baseball when you have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, heck, Jim, maybe uh, Nolan Arenado as well in that order. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be okay. I know we'll save that for another day. We are, but, yeah, uh, we are going to dig into that later. <laughs> but 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 any, anyways, I, I don't think the Dodgers, a move like this, phases them. But I I think what's particularly more interesting is, is the price the uh, Angels had to pay to get Lucas Giolito. It's interesting because the Dodgers, you, you kind of feel like if they want something, they get it. Right. They, they wanted right. Freddie Freeman. They got him. They wanted Mookie Betts. They got him. Uh, they wanted Max Scherzer. I know this brings up some rough memories, but they wanted Max Scherzer. They got him in. They got Trey Turner. So if they want something, they go and get it. So to have known for a couple of days that that is a player that they coveted, whether the sources were wrong, whatever it was, it's kind of surprising that it was the other LA area team that gets him and, and not the Dodgers. Let's, Let's pivot to some big Padres news that broke sh- a short while ago, and, and that is that, coming from John Heyman in a report in the USA Today, that the Padres are going to listen to offers on Juan Soto, on Blake Snell, on Josh Hader. This is a, a, a 180. They had been saying for days that they were not going to do that. They went out and lose two or three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and maybe that sort of accelerated this decision. What do you think, as you know, 
again, being right there at, at the center of the heartbeat with this team, what are your thoughts on your team maybe going the route of selling, looking at maybe a Soto trade? Is this a disaster? Is this a debacle? It'd Give be a Christmas miracle. No, no. So, <laughs> well, 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 let's, well, let's, let's not forget. Um, I don't like to, you know, put Soto in the same bucket as I do Snell and Hader. Sure. With somebody like Juan Soto, all right, let's start with Juan Soto. Had a really mm-hmm. difficult April with the San Diego Padres and, you know, coming off of his difficult second half and really overall tough 2022 with the Nationals and the Padres for Soto standards, right? Still a completely mm-hmm. league above average player. But ever since May, he's really looked like the Juan Soto of old. He's going to the opposite yes. field. He's getting on base at an mm-hmm. absurd clip. This guy has a 920 OPS and already hit 20 home runs, yet he still seems like he can do more. And that's how special Juan Soto is. Mm-hmm. I am only offering Juan Soto if and only if, number one, there's clear organizational insight that he's not going to agree to an extension until he hits free agency. Mm-hmm. Or you get just a godfather offer that comes close to what you gave up to get him last year, which I don't believe both are going to happen. So, I mean, you know, first of all, with an extension, it's uh, Boris has been very adamant about waiting till he hits free agency. So it would probably require an insane contract offer. Wouldn't you say so, Jim, for, for Juan Soto? He will get the second richest contract in the history of baseball when he becomes a free agent. The first richest we are going to see this offseason with Otani, and Soto will have the second richest contract in the history of baseball. Yes, and then related to Blake Snell and Josh Hader, these are the ones that are going to drive me crazy if they don't don't move them. Mm -hmm. First of all, I've covered Blake Snell for a few years now. Good baseball player, but allows the mentality of the game sometimes to get on him. This is a clear example of a player being extra motivated and being in a contract year. It, it, it's so yes. obvious. Mm-hmm. Listen, Blake Snell is not going to be a 2-5 ERA guy in the tenor of his contract. He's going to be a high threes guy. He's going to have an awful start and have an amazing second half, just like he is always this year. That just happened a little bit earlier this year, and now mm-hmm. he's probably going to win the Cy Young in the National League. The difference of Blake Snell on this powder team versus not is not the difference of them making the postseason. It has been an offensive issue. Their rotation's been fantastic. And considering, Jim, what the Angels just gave up to get Lucas Giolito, could you imagine what Baltimore would give Preller and the Padres, what Texas would right. give Preller and the Padres? And now imagine packaging the best closers in the National League with that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a top 10 prospect yeah. in the game. This is such a seller's market because oh. of the amount of buyers. It is so buyer heavy. The supply does not meet the demand, which means if you have a product to sell, you are going to get a great return for it. You are going to get a great inflated price for that piece of property that you own. And the Padres really, really, it's smart. It's good to hear that they are looking to looking at looking at offers but let's let's sort of take a step back sure what went wrong for the padres this season it was supposed to be a phenomenal season is it that <laughs> joe musgrove dropped a, a a kettlebell on his toe when it was the over of it. that was yeah. the beginning of it. that was step one it was but you had the best at least top four lineup that we have seen on paper with the with, with with Machado, with Tatis, with Bogarts, with Soto, those four at the top of the lineup, and Crony's no slouch, and Hassan Kim's been decent with the bat. How how did we get to this point? 
What went wrong for the Padres in 2023? Well, you know, on the surface, it's, it's tough, right? You take a look at the San Diego Padres. They have the third highest run differential in the National League. Yep. And I know and I know it's a stat that people don't like, but it, it's, it's quite simple. They have not won the close games. And, and last year, that's all they were doing. And, and it, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the Potters have the third worst record in baseball against teams under 500. They haven't taken care of the teams that they should be taking care of, a la the Pittsburgh Pirates, one in five against the Pirates this year. Okay, I would I would say the Potters were responsible for for what the Brewers had to give up to get uh, Santana. I mean, because he just demolished the Padres. Anyways, jo jokes aside, uh, Jim, it, it's been it's been two things. It's been their unwillingness to win close games, and mm -hmm. second, and this is where I put it on Preller, it's been their lack of depth. It, right. You know, it's very easy to go buy the $1,000 Louis Vuitton belt if your parent gives you $1,000. But it's another thing to make amends of what you're doing with a constricted budget and to fill the holes. And the Padres have had consistent lack of production from their six to nine. Mm -hmm. They have no homegrown guys that they can call up and rely on. Right. And for some reason, they want to DFA guys like Rudnett Odor over Matt Carpenter because the GM doesn't want to make him admit that he made a mistake with Carpenter. So there's a lot of things that talk about this Potter team. But for me, the biggest thing would be their lack of organizational depth. And that has yep. what killed them. Even late in games yesterday, Taylor Coley, a random guy they have to put up eighth in their order, chance to save the season. Can't rely on him to do so. No. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I mean, it was one of the uh, sort of attack points that uh, if you wanted to go against the Padres at the beginning of the season, you could say, well, this lineup's after the first four. We don't we don't care about anybody else that's that's coming up. We don't care about five through nine. And so then you are then you need one through four to be hot all the time. So if you don't care about five through nine and let's say. Bogarts has been in a slump and Bogarts has spent much of the season in a slump and let's say Machado's in a slump, then you only care about two of the bats. So that depth definitely played a role and it's now it's gotten even worse. It has Jim. gotten even worse because of who you are calling up. I, I, can I say this? I'll say this. Yeah. yesterday. I feel like it was yesterday's game. I was watching and there was a moment where the Padres were coming back and it looked like, here we go. You have Juan Soto. I believe it was a pinch hit appearance. Juan Soto comes up with the bases loaded. This is the element about Juan Soto that drives me crazy sometimes. He draws the walk. It scores a run. But the problem is the guy on deck is Trent Grisham. And if you're Juan Soto, you need to know that. You can't draw a walk in that situation if you're Juan Soto. You have to know that there is a POS bat behind you that's going to strike out, and he did strike out. You have to get a hit. You foul that. You ball four, you foul it off. 
I believe Juan Soto is probably a good enough hitter where if he just wanted to foul a ball off to continue and extend in that bat, he could do that. He's got to do that when Trent Grisham is on deck because Trent Grisham is going to let him down, and that's exactly what happened. And I feel like that's sort of a little microcosm of what's going on. Soto, I love you. I love that you're going to have a 400 on-base percentage, but the 250 batting average, I want that batting average back up at 300 like it used, like it was years ago, or, or at least close to 300, which put his on-base percentage at like 440. It was It was ungodly. And he's not doing that right now. He draws the walk. They score one run instead of two, which is what they would have gotten if he put the ball in play. And then Trent Grisham strikes out. Yeah, in, in, in his defense, Jim, there was actually a batter in between Soto and Grisham. Oh, was there? Okay. The, the, the highlight, I watched no, 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 it, it went no, no, to Grisham. No. However, however, though, it was probably a worse hitter than Trent Grisham. So your point still 100% <laughs> still stands. The only difference is people would argue he got to get on base. You can still sack fly mm-hmm. ties the game. But a lot of Pottery fans would agree with you in the fact that Heck, we'd rather have Soto go down swinging than than right. walking in a run. It was it was your boy Taylor. Uh, how do you say his last name? Taylor Coley. And and, and, and this is an example of a random guy that Preller mm-hmm. just calls up because the media says he has no homegrown guy, so he has to force a guy from Double A. The right. depth of this organization is nothing. If the Dodgers, if there was a gun to the Dodgers head, they would have a guy in Triple A that, that can have a quality big league at bat. And that's the difference. And that's why we love baseball. It's not the NBA. AJ probably would be a great NBA general manager. Just pay right. all your starting five and go, right. go to the finals every year. But this is baseball. And and it, and it's brutal. But, you know, related to Juan Soto, I, I understand the frustration sometimes with Padre fans. But it's like, he's not getting anything in the zone. I mean, he he's not getting anything in the zone. And if you're David Bednar, Jim, you're more right. than okay walking. You're okay walking in Juan Soto. Especially. pronounce his last name and it's probably it probably doesn't matter because he's gonna be gone in a week him and grisham on deck yes bednar is walking it's barry bonds would get intentionally walk with the bases loaded that was essentially david bednar saying i'm not gonna give him anything to hit and if he doesn't swing i don't care because i can get the next two guys out yeah, yeah. So, and, and I had a little bit of a baby temperamental breakdown on my post game show yesterday. I I'm saw not gonna it. Lie I you. saw it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It was the most mad I've been in a long time because yeah. the way that game ended was just the the epitome uh, of the San Diego Padres. And, and this is when I tell people we can talk about AJ Preller, we can talk about all that, but this is where he gets exposed, right? This is mm. where he gets exposed. When you mm. have these guys, and also when you consistently fail in the international signing pool, when you never trade, when you always trade your guys away because you're not patient, isn't a right. part of development, Jim, failure? You have to see your guys fail a little bit, you know, in, in the big leagues. You know, Josh Naylor failed a little bit. They dealt him immediately, right? C.J. Abrams, I know it got you on Soto. Now look at the month of July he had. Cal Quattle failed a little bit. Now it's just it, there wasn't enough patience in San mm-hmm. Diego. And now you you can't afford buying a whole team. You had the whole team. You had Jack Sawinski. You gave up to get Adam Frazier. Oh, man. You know, there's there's a lot of that. There is a lot of that out there right now. And that could come back to haunt A.J. Preller for his job moving forward, which is crazy because you think of the players he's been able to go out and get there. And if there's a head to roll, I, I mean, I don't think it's the manager. It, it could be the general manager, but again, he's done so much to bring in marquee players, marquee talent 
Let's let's maybe along the lines of AJ Preller and and what the Padres are going to do moving forward. Should they sell? Again, we get the report from John Heyman that they are going to be listening to offers. That does not mean that they're going to actually trade anybody and go into sell mode. They have been saying they want to buy. For them to make the postseason, I think the Padres probably need to win something like 40 games the rest of the way, which means they need to go like 40 and 19 or something to that effect. And I looked at the schedule. They don't have 40 wins that they can go out there and get. Uh, So what do you think? Should they sell? Should they buy? Yes or no? And why? Well, should they sell? Yes. Will they sell? No. Yeah. And and that's the brutal thing. I mean, there was an article that came out in a, a two hours ago from the Union Tribune, the, the local reporters, mm-hmm. and, and, and Joe Musgrove even quote was quoted today. Listen to this. He said, I understand the fans are frustrated and looking forward to next year, but when we're a game out, and don't have Snell or Hater, we'll be kicking ourselves. There is way too much faith in this roster right. from their own roster themselves. Right. And and so literally they're gonna buy, or at least they're gonna stand pat. But I would not be surprised if Preller went and got a bullpen piece and he went and got a CJ Crone or some DH mm-hmm. and went for it. And what's gonna happen? is Blake Snell's going to end up pitching meaningless games in the end of September, and he's going to win a National League Cy Young, and you're going to get a compensatory draft pick. Everyone's happy, right, Jim? Except me. Right. I, I feel like you have to look at what's going on in these markets where, I mean, look at Cincinnati. They just keep calling guys up, right? And, and Christian Encarnacion uh, Strand, Christian Christian. Encarnacion Strand. Why do I feel like I have that name backwards? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I but ahead, with, you've, you've got him. You've got Ellie David Cruz. You have Matt McLean. Cincinnati's calling up all of these guys, and that's how they're reinvigorating the fan base, electrifying the city just with what they're calling up. So, Preller has taken the approach of, let me go get the guys instead of developing. And, but the way it's working in Major League Baseball is letting your guys come up and be great. So I think that they should, they really should sell because what they could get for Blake Snell, you talked about it a, a little bit ago about what the White Sox got for Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. Go out there. You need to trade Blake Snell. You need to trade, you need to trade at least one of those two. And you need to get into some serious, aggressive Juan Soto negotiations and try to leverage the fact that there is. Juan Soto would be the best bat, obviously, but go to the Yankees and talk the Yankees up. Tell the Yankees that, you know, the the Dodgers are a division rival, but you're thinking about it. Get the Yankees up. Get Jason Dominguez away from the New York Yankees. Do do something. Get something for Juan Soto if you if you can, because again, the Potters can dominate this market. Dominate they could. This market. They could. They really could. They'd have three of the top five pieces available if they made them available and they would bring in such a haul uh, however the unfortunate part and rosenthal wrote this in his piece today is that mm-hmm. he said preller is pot committed as is his owner peter seidler what we mean by pot committed is the term used in poker to describe a player who has so many chips invested that it would be incorrect for him to fold right and that and that can be the concern because mm-hmm. if you're selling snell and you're selling hater that's preller admitting defeat and what's been yep. the toughest thing for aj preller to do 
Say it with me. It's admitting defeat. That's right. why it took him 3,800 years to DFA Austin Nola or to option him because he doesn't want to admit defeat. Why did right. he designate Rudnett Odor for assignment before Matt Carpenter? Because he doesn't want to admit defeat. And that's been Preller's biggest MO. He can't put his ego aside, and I think that's going to continue yeah. into August 1st trade deadline. Yeah, this will be this will be something. We've seen Preller go out and buy and, and bring guys in. We have not seen him sell. What kind of a selling general manager can he be will be interesting to see. Let's talk about the trade predictions. Let's get in there. Let's do this and give me a trade or two prediction, whether it's somebody going out, somebody coming in. What do you see? You you sort of threw out CJ Crone and an arm. Is that the way you see them going? Give me some, give me some predictions or, oh, or one or two predictions for the Padres. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's tough, right? I, I think immediate, the, the optimistic thing is if they're going to look to add their areas that they need to add are very addressable areas, a mm-hmm. DH bat and a, and a, and some depth in your bullpen. Those are probably the two easiest things that you can add for any team that is looking to, yeah. to make a move at the deadline. So yeah, yeah CJ Crono is a name that I've been really looking at. Um, I, I think he's a guy who has killed the Padres for many years in the national league West. I know the Rockies are definitely going to be looking to to move CJ Crone, who can, you know, it's not great, but he's from what the Pars have been getting from a Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz perspective. Uh, I know Nelson's not, uh, no longer with the team. It's an automatic upgrade. I yeah. mean, and, and, and th- that's something that you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a bullpen perspective, there, there's clearly a lot of names, not really uh, a DH bat, but like a Heimer Candelario, I know is getting a yeah. ton of interest mm-hmm. uh, from the Nationals. Listen, if they're going to add, it's going to be on the margins, right? It's not going to be a big move, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think that if you guys do something, you're going to add. There needs to be a bat, and again, DH is a is a perfect spot to target because there are, I don't want to call it endless options, but you can you can go for CJ Crone, you can go for Randall Gritchick, you can go for Tommy Pham. Uh, you could go for Jammer Candelario. You could go for a lot of diff- – there's a lot of different options that you could make some moves for there. I think that if you guys buy, I do see you focusing on – I don't think you focus on the rotation. I, I don't I don't see that because, again, what's available, those players aren't really, like you said, living on the margins. They're big impact pieces. They're going to cost a lot in return. So I think they go bullpen. And there's a ton of bullpen pieces available. So maybe they mm-hmm. call up the White Sox and they're able to work a deal out for one of their relievers, whether it's Joe Kelly, Graveman, uh, Hendricks, somebody like that. I, I can see uh, a White Sox arm coming over if they're buying and a bat as well. Maybe this is a Yasmani Grandal location as well because Grandal could play first. He could DH, he could catch, you could maybe do a twofer with the Chicago White Sox, do a Joe yeah. Kelly and Yasmani Grandal situation. Now, if you're selling, I think if of the three names we talked about that they're interested in, I think the one guy that they can probably convince themselves, Preller can convince himself he can sell on and still keep the team in contention is Hater. Because mm-hmm. if you trade Hater, you can still, I mean, I know Robert Suarez has not been great this year. Robert Suarez has been all right, but I feel like you could slide him into that closer role. And you could still work your way. You, I don't think, I don't think trading hater costs you any games. 
So you could trade Hader, and there will be a ton of teams that line up to, to, for, for Josh Hader if he becomes available. Yeah, I think, you know, I've spoken to a few people, and, you know, this Rangers series is, is coming at a pretty ironic time because mm -hmm. that is the one team that Preller would be most inclined to do business with. Um, it, right. It's, it's former employer. It's also what yep. I've heard from from few people um, related to this trade deadline. And in addition, they got a loaded farm. Um, you know, obviously headlined by a guy mm -hmm. in Evan Carter, who's, um, you know, number six overall prospect in the game. And that's that's somebody that I'm looking at for a Snell and Hater right there, you know. And even even right. if it's not him, they got Ronald Acuna's younger brother, um, who a lot of people are saying good things about. Um, yep. You know, Brock Porter, Jack Leiter. The, the Rangers have a loaded farm, so you know, I genuinely think that how this Padres series is going to go with Texas is really going to determine a lot. And and it's ridiculous because I've told my 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 fan base, as toxic as I sound, root for the Padres to lose if you care about the organization long term. Root for the Rangers to beat the Padres. Mm -hmm. Make it make Preller not even have to decide. If they're eight under 500, they're nine back of the wild card spot in the next three days. He's going to sell. Even AJ Preller will sell. And, yeah. and that and that is where you 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 got to do it. But now the question is: Is it too late? Does he run out of time, and does he lose leverage? Because the market's moving fast. I mean, it is. it's moving faster this year. Doesn't it feel like it? Oh yeah, I definitely. We've already seen five or six or seven relievers move. The maybe the biggest reliever that was going to be available, Aroldis Chapman, has already moved. One of the top five starters is already moved with Lucas Giolito. So this market is moving, and if yeah. these guys are, if if we've seen these trades already, there's a lot of activity going on. You can't sleep right now. You have to be treating. You almost need to treat each day as if. That day is the deadline. Let's yeah. let's get into the rest of the division. We're, we're talking about what we think the Padres are going to do. What do we think the rest of this division is going to do? Are the Dodgers going to be the most aggressive team and make a big splash? Are the Diamondbacks going to land a starting pitcher? Um, what do you think the Giants also need starting pitching? It, it's kind of it's almost too bad that the Padres are in the same division as those teams because they all need starting pitching, and I'm sure they would unload a, pro, a top prospect or two for Blake Snell, which can't do that. Yeah. What do you so, think? What do you think's going down in the in the division? Well, it, I think the Dodgers are going to be very aggressive because mm -hmm. the National League is weaker this year. I, I mean, it is. this was this was supposed to be a reset year for the Dodgers and get ready for an Otani push. Mm -hmm. and, and they're going to win their division if they don't mess this up. I mean, there, there's a lot of – obviously, the Giants are right there. But, you know, the, the Diamondbacks are not even in the playoffs as of, as of today. They, they have went on a little bit of a losing streak. I still think you see them being pretty aggressive. But mm -hmm. it, it, the, if, you're the, if you're Andrew Friedman and you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, you're ultra-aggressive because the only team that you're scared of is the Atlanta Braves. And, 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 if you, and if you put yourself in a position where you just got to win one series to get back to the fall classic, you go ahead and do so. And I think the Dodgers, as currently constructed, can get it done, but they definitely need to add to their rotation. So I definitely think the Dodgers are at least mm -hmm. going to get a, a, a solid name starter. The San Francisco Giants, just a, just a very well-ran organization. They, they're going to mm -hmm. find themselves in the playoffs probably once again off you know, marginal talent because they get things done, and that's the beauty of baseball. The Diamondbacks are the one that's a little bit interesting. I do think that they are going to add. They do need some pitching. Obviously, Corbin Carroll's lighting the league on fire. You know, Lourdes Gurriel, they, they got some really good pieces. But 
I think all I think every single team besides the Padres and Rockies are going to buy in that division. Um, I mean, yeah. heck, maybe even the Padres buy in that division, but certainly the Rockies won't. But um, if I'm the Giants, if I'm the Diamondbacks, if I'm the Dodgers, yeah. of course I'm buying. All three of those teams can win the division. You know, you you bring up that the that the one team the Dodgers really need to worry about are the Atlanta Braves. And if the Dodgers are comparing their lineup to the Braves lineup, they cannot feel good about how things stack up right now. Um, Which is why I think we may be hearing all this Nolan Arenado buzz because they need to go out there and secure an offense, a lineup that is better than the Atlanta Braves. They don't have it right now. And they're they're relying on David Peralta and Jason Hayward. And I like James Altman, but James Altman's still young. James Altman's going to go into slumps. You're relying, and and listen, Max Muncy, Muncy bombs are back this year. Max Muncy could also easily have a terrible September where he gets, he hit, he has 10 hits in September. So if you're looking at this from, from a Dodgers perspective, they probably, I think you're right, and I'm sure Friedman has done that. He's looked at it. The Braves are our competition to get to the World Series. We have to be better than the Braves. We are not from a pitching perspective. We are not from a hitting perspective, and that's why the news is out from the LA Times today that the Dodgers and the Cardinals are talking and that Nolan Arenado and potentially Montgomery or Flaherty could be going with Arenado if they're able to work out the deal. If if the Dodgers are willing to part with the prospects and the Cardinals want Miller, they want Sheehan, they want Pepio, you could see a deal go down and the Dodgers probably feel the urgency because they're in World Series or bust mode, number one, and the Braves are that good. The Braves are good enough to where the Dodgers cannot feel comfortable about their odds. I do think the Giants will be thrifty. I think they'll be savvy buyers. I think they'll be in the Michael Lorenzen sweepstakes and not necessarily the Marcus Stroman sweepstakes. Yeah. And I do think the Diamondbacks make a push. The Diamondbacks have some prospects. They could move. Alec Thomas hasn't really done it this year, but there may be a team like the Tigers mm-hmm. or the Cubs that look at Alec Thomas and all of his years of control and the, the prospect hype that was around him. And they may say, yeah, we'll do that. Strowman for Thomas, we'll do that. Diamondbacks fans, you know, you maybe hear that and you're falling out of your chair. Thinking, well, what is this guy buy- talking Jim, about? Will- but who knows? Jim, will the Cubs Wait. even buy? They're about to be 500. I mean, no, but <laughs> but but you've got a you've got a situation in Chicago where they're not. So let's 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 put it this way: when the Nats lost Rendon and they lost Harper, those players walked. They were in their final seasons. The Nats were a World Series team. So you could not trade those pieces. The Cubs are not a World Series team. So because of that, I think they can trade mm. Stroman or Bellinger because both of them are gone. They, they, or, or, or let's say, let me rephrase that. They might not be gone, but they are going to be free agents because they have both played well enough to cash in with a longer-term contract. Oh, Bellinger yeah. has an option for one more year. Stroman's in the same boat. So they'll both opt out and lock in four, five, six-year deals, probably more likely four or five, at a much higher age. They're going to get paid. And the Cubs, if they want to keep them, great. Trade them and then go sign them in the offseason because that's probably the scenario they're looking at anyway. So even though the Cubs are are there, they got to know they're not a World Series team. And they are not a 
Eduardo Rodriguez trade mm. away from being a World <laughs> Series team. So yeah. they should be smart, and I think that they should they should sell the only those two. But again, you could sell, but look like you're buying. If you trade Marcus Stroman for Alec Thomas, that's that's a plus upgrade for me. And when you think about the Cubs moving forward, you trade those pieces for guys that'll help your team next year. Yeah, they're 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 another interesting team. I was just asking because they're what they're about to win their sixth straight game. They're up big in St. Louis, so it's just they're <laughs> they're they're making it interesting. But I couldn't agree more. Yeah, the what's what's happened is the when was it two or three weeks ago the NL Central looked like the AL Central where everybody was right around five hundred. Nobody was really that impressive, but then the Reds got hot and the Brewers got hot. So they've sort of pulled away. So even though the Cubs are flirting with 500 and at the end of the day, they may be at 51 and 51, they're still looking six games out in the division. And they've actually got a, they're actually because of how the NL they can win their division. They're closer. They're closer to the wild card. They can win their division. But at that point you have to, if this is what I would do, if I was a general manager, that's how I approach this stuff. I, I think that there is a better chance that we don't win the division. And there is a so let's let let me let me assign, I'll assign some percentages. I'll say there's a twenty percent chance that we win the division. That's how yeah. I would look at it. And therefore, there is a one percent chance we win the World Series. But there <laughs> right. is a one hundred percent chance that Cody Bellinger is a free agent and Marcus Stroman's a free agent at the end of the year. When I'm playing those odds in my mind, I'm going to act on the higher percentage. Fair. That's how that's how I get to that. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. I think some Cubs fans would disagree with you, but the ones who care about the longevity yeah. of their franchise, and Cody Bellinger's having a 9-10 OPS year, 3-10 batting average, mm-hmm. having the best year since his MVP year. You got to cash in on that. That's how I feel about right. Snell and Hader, you know? Exactly. I would love for Cody Bellinger to spend a long time in Chicago, but he's not set up to do that right now, and – even if you guys have had some conversations and he has some interest, no deal has been done. So trade him, make it clear to him that you, you love him. You love everything he's done for you. And you're going to be aggressive as hell to go bring him back. Yeah. Pull the old Aldis Chapman, try and resign him. Exactly. You trade him. He may love the fact that, Hey, they just got two really good prospects for me. One guy that's going to help the team next year. I like what they're doing. I want to come back. Me and Ian Happ are buddies. I've been on Ian Happ's podcast. It's great. I love it there. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Cubs a real shot to bring me back next year. I would let's do the smart thing. Let's trade Bellinger and then re-sign him. Stroman, trade him, and I think you move on. I don't think yep. this is the best Marcus Stroman has ever pitched in his life. He's not going to pitch like this. The Cubs have no interest. We've heard right, we've heard the reports, the stories about how the Cubs. Marcus Stroman wants to extend the Cubs don't really are not, are not, uh, you know, reaching, reaching a hand back across the table to work something out. So um, I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this works out because everybody we're talking about the NL West is going to be hot on everybody. Everybody with Bellinger, Stroman, A-Rod, everyone we've talked about the Dodgers, the Giants, the D-backs are going to be in on them. Borna, tell the people that are listening where they can find you in your content i appreciate it jim you guys can find me on youtube at the hog watch we uh 
We're trying to catch up to Jim here, but we just hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're known for our uh, post-game shows uh, daily after every single San Diego Padres game. Also on Twitter at the Hogwash. Basically, you're, we are your one-stop shop for all you need independent coverage of the San Diego Padres. They may not be good, but I'll tell you this. They're, they're pretty newsworthy. They are. They, they very much are. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this podcast. Reminder, turn on those automatic downloads if you have not yet. So you get this content and other content as soon as it posts to the feed. And a reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. That's going to do it for this one, everybody. Thank you for coming in and spending some time with the pod. Thank you again to Borna, and we'll catch you guys next time.